Proverbs chapter 3. Bible says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. We know that one. We like that one. We put that one on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Facebook. You name it. We do it all. But look at what else it says. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Verse 8. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, I'm going to have a really, really hard time not being able to dissect this verse until the end of the message. I, I'm going to have a hard time. I'm going to do it because I've got to get you some other content. But I'm here to tell you, if Daniel was to have a life verse, it would be Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. We're going to go back at the end of the message, and I'm going to read it slower. And I'm going to point out some things from this verse that you would say would be on a shadow of a doubt, Daniel would have done this. All right, would you pray with me? Father, help in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I'd love for you to write this down. Three points today. Point number one, straight to it, perspective. perspective. Just look at your neighbor real quick and talk. Say perspective. Okay, so here's the deal. Three points on how wisdom from the life of Daniel worked in his life, and paid off in his life. Daniel, number one, he had perspective. Now, I don't know if you know this. You might. You're smart. Perspective's a funny thing, isn't it? It's amazing how one person could see something one way, and another person <laughs> could see the same thing a different way. This normally happens with your spouse. You see it one way, they see it another. It also happens before you get married as well. Then you get into parenting. You see it one way, they see it another way. You think this color would look good on the house. They think this color would look good on the house. There's a house not too far away from here. I'm not going to say who lives there. If, if this is your home and you live there, that's cool. But apparently somebody thought caution yellow was a great color to paint the entire house. And right next door to it was like avocado green. I'm like, did these guys conspire on this right here? I mean, it was bad. Someone had a perspective that that yellow's good. I would go out of my way to say, I think the other one probably thought that wasn't so good. Perspective's funny. It's funny too, think about it for a little kid. If I was to say to my boys today, hey boys, here's the thing. Today, right now, we could stop everything and go to Disneyland or... Or, when you go to college, I'll pay for all of your college. You know what they're going to pick? Disneyland. Every single time. Right? It's a perspective deal. And here's the thing. We would probably expect that, right? We would probably say a little kid is going to think, I want it right now. The thing is, as I said, that you would get something later. And then to a kid, that don't make any sense. They want it now. Perspective's funny like that. Daniel shows us the power of perspective and the power of wisdom. Because Daniel understood that what he was feeling in the right now had no comparison to what was going to take place later. He had proper perspective. Now, in the same way, in the same way, if my kids 
20 or 30 years from now, we're still picking Disneyland over college, which by that point, college should have been a long time before that. But they, if they were still thinking that way, how many of you guys know that'd be problematic? Right? There would be a problem with that. Now I want you to hear me. I want you to hear my heart. In the same way, it doesn't make me overly upset. This is me personally, okay? When new believers lack spiritual perspective. It doesn't bother me. I know some people, it bothers them. Because they forget that when God saves you, he starts a work in you, and that work continues until you pass from this earth. It's an ongoing deal. So it doesn't bother me when a new believer is still working through some stuff. That, by the way, God's working that through them. You're not the Holy Ghost police. It's not really popular to say, huh? We play our part, but that part is earned. You earn your way into someone's life to speak into their life. So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me when a new believer is still working out the kinks. Aren't you just grateful that God gave you a lot of grace as you were working out your kinks? Yeah. Isn't it funny how much we forget that? Yeah. We forget it. But here's the deal. If after a long period of time as a believer, they still lack wisdom of spiritual perspective, something's wrong. We would agree. If after being a Christian for a long time, a believer still chooses to live for earthly treasures they can't keep over heavenly treasures they can't lose, something's wrong. Something's off. Something hasn't taken place. If after being a Christian for a long time, a believer still makes a judgment about God's goodness based on today's problem instead of it being based on his sacrificial death and finished work on the cross 2,000 years ago, something is wrong. The perspective is off. See, they lack spiritual wisdom. And we all have at one point. One of the things that sets Daniel apart was his God-given wisdom that he had in pretty difficult situations. If you've been reading with us, and as you will continue to read this week, Daniel was put in some pretty tricky spots. For example, did you know that David actually, I'm sorry, Daniel, not David, that Daniel actually, under the king's orders, with a group of other boys, went under the educational system of Babylon, which was wicked and evil. You ever think about that? Maybe you don't know Daniel as much. I'm so glad you're here. That's why we're talking about Daniel. He went through it because he had a perspective of wisdom. We'll get to that in a little bit more. I'll go even a little bit deeper on that one. Daniel understood that if I have God's wisdom, anything that I'm going through, I can get through. So he never judged God's power and goodness by Babylon's temporary success. Daniel understood something. He had godly wisdom. Let me, let me give you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, what's that next word? Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's like the foundation. It's the start. What does the fear of the Lord mean? For some, when they hear that, especially if they're a new believer, they go, what, I'm supposed to be in fear? That's not what it means. The fear of the Lord is a standing in awe of how good God is. 
So to understand that God is all-knowing, God is all-sufficient, God is all-powerful, my wisdom that I need, that you need, starts with us understanding how good God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You want to live a long life? Verse 11, for by me your days will be multiplied, and your years of life will be added to you. You ever read something in the Bible and ever wonder if what it's saying is what it means? Anybody ever get there before? You guys got to interact with me, okay? You can't just stare at me, okay? You, you got to like, like, I need you, okay? You ever read something and go, does that mean what I think it means? Okay. This is one of those. He's literally saying, Solomon, your years of life will be added to you. Meaning, if I go after wisdom and have a fear of the Lord, I get to live long. I like that. That means I get more chances to influence people for the kingdom. However, fun stuff with the Bible. That word life is not referring to the duration of life. It's zoe. It's the quality of your life. That's why the Bible is fun too. Because then you take little words and you go, what's that mean in the Hebrew? <laughs> That's a difficult one. Greek, got that one. It literally means, he's saying, your life will have quality if you have the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. Does anybody else want that? Yeah. You know, I, you guys have heard me say this before. If, if you don't like this word, I'm sorry, but a proverb a day keeps the stupid away. That's what it comes down to. So I got to get wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. So Daniel's wisdom was rooted in the fear of the Lord. And that's why Daniel and his friends always chose the path of obedience, even if it seems certain to cost them their lives. They understood that they have to fear God. Daniel is thrown into a lion's den. How are you feeling about that one? See, I have no idea. None of us do. We're not being threatened to be thrown into a lion's den if we don't do what they're asking. But we face it in, in other ways. See, Daniel knew this. I think it's another interesting thing to notice about Daniel is that he knew the difference between actual sin which is disobedience to God and his word and the things that he found personally offensive. Now, go with me here real quick. Really wrestled with this part of the message because if it's not heard in the right lens, we might miss it. So, so li listen very carefully. This is, I think, the place where believers, Christians, miss it the most, myself included. When we understand what is right and wrong from God in his scriptures, that's one thing. When we create preferences and opinions not based off God's word, but then call it godly. Your preference. Daniel shows us what that looks like. In the first example that I gave you, for him to go through the educational system that he went to was very anti-God. If you understand what he had to do along with many other men in that story, we would look at that today if we do not have spiritual wisdom and we would put our preference and our opinion and we would point a finger in Daniel's face and we would ridicule him and we would get religious. This might be a little bit too deep, but you got to be careful here because Daniel still did that. 
His name was literally changed. The king changed his name to an evil name. Daniel did not say a word because Daniel knew which hill to fight on. That's usually the thing with battles, huh? Okay, I know I bring it up a lot. Maybe it's because I'm married and I'm channeling through it. How many of you guys know you better pick and choose your battles? If you are still getting on your wife because she squeezes the toothpaste wrong, you have chosen the wrong battle and you will lose and lose. I know I'm being silly, but, but hear me. Daniel goes through all of this stuff and he picks and chooses the right battles. We as believers get so worked up and we go over and over to battle and we begin to fight against the things that God is not calling us to fight against. And then we neglect the things that God is asking us to fight against. So we look at the way another believer has a preference on something. I had a guy look at me once and he said this. He says, if your worship music isn't that of old, your worship music isn't worship. You ever just want to just like have a real conversation with someone when they say that? Like, you know, the first thought that comes through your mind? You ever, you ever do that? It's funny because in their music, when their music came along, it was disgraceful to that generation before them. And then that generation before them, and then that. So what happens is, is your preference gets in the way of a culture that's experiencing God and now writing different and playing different. And you've taken your preference and your opinion, and you've now put down a generation. And what you've said is, is they don't know how to connect with God because their words aren't deep enough. Can I just pause you right there and say you are in very dangerous territory? And as a pastor, I love you enough to tell you, if it's glorifying Jesus... It's all good. They call it different strokes for different folks. Okay? That's why if you come in my vehicle on a road trip, you will get some of what we heard today, and then you'll get some Bill Gaither. Some of you have no idea, do you? Some of you do. You just don't want to nod your head. You'll get some Southern Gospel hymns. You'll get some Nancy Harmon. I will go gospel on you in my vehicle. And then in the very next turn, it could get crazy in my vehicle. That's all I'm saying. But I've literally watched. I've watched this. Guys, I have watched people leave the church on a preference. Not once asking God, hey God, what should I do here? What I'm saying is that's spiritual wisdom. That's proper perspective based on God's word. When, when does God show up when his name is magnified right. and glorified, right? So I know that's just one illustration of it, but think about it. Which hill do you want to die on? Moving on. <laughs> Daniel understood this. I, I wish, I wish. Matter of fact, I'll just challenge you. Go home today after your nap and after you dunk me in gallons of water, which be nice to me today, by the way. If those of you don't know what's going on after service, I got duped, okay? I have to go sit under a hot seat where you guys are going to soak me with water. <laughs> Daniel understood that I have to have the proper perspective. 
And you knew what he had to address and what he didn't have to address. What's that mean to us today? What that means is as you face situations in your life where you are faced with a very tough decision, you need God's wisdom and God's understanding. Listen, the Bible says this, okay, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Watch here. Who gives generously to, what's that next word? All means you. He gives wisdom generously. I don't know the right thing to do. Hey, God, I need some wisdom. What does God do? Gives you wisdom. It's that simple. You have to ask. That's why the wise are wise, because they ask for God's wisdom. It's as simple as that. We've made it complicated. Are you facing a major decision today? Before you go to any person, go to God. Quiet your soul. Get away from everyone and just say, hey God, I need your wisdom here. And the God of our Bible, the God of your Bible says, got you. I'll give it to you generously. Wisdom. Perspective. I'm going to up my voice a little bit, get moving around, because some of you are drooping down. I don't know if the lights are dimmed or what, but listen to me. You've got to get perspective. Like Daniel, you've got to get it. Look at your neighbor say, you've got to get it. That was lame, but we'll keep moving on. Number two. There you go. Thank you. I like how they always wait for the quiet moment to do that. My man, my man. Number two, fearless. Daniel was fearless. The Bible says this, John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Man, we could just end the service right there. God in you. God in you. Not you in you. I used to make this mistake all the time. I'd say to myself, Rich, you got this. That is such an improper statement. Because in and of myself, I don't have anything. God in me, hey now. See, it's why I think we give the devil too much credit. So when you're facing a hard time and you get down and you let it overwhelm you and you get the woe is me mentality, are you forgetting who's with you? Are you, forgetting who's, are you forgetting who has done so much already? Have you forgotten all the good things that God has done? Then why do you let a temporary moment of whatever it may be, you can fill in the blank, derail your whole day? Why do you allow it to get to you so much that you can't even enjoy the company of those you love the most? Why do you allow problems that are so small compared to how good God is just get you down? It's because you've forgotten. And we've all done it. Come on. We've all done that. Don't be looking at your neighbor saying, I don't do that. Yes, you do. (laughs) It may not look how it looks for someone else. Some of you, man, you got it all over your face, man. That's me. I'm that guy. Like, you could tell me something, my face is going to tell you exactly what I think, which I hate sometimes. Anybody else like that? Okay, you ever been in that awkward situation? Come on, let's just be real, where someone gets you a gift. 
And you're like, is my face expressing how thankful I am for this? Or does it show that this is a bad idea and not good? You ever been there? You know, when your kids do something for you, it's really cute when they're small. And then they do something later on. It's like, I don't think my face is matching what it's supposed to be matching here. We've all done it. How about when someone critiques you? What's that face look like? Thinking to yourself, smile and nod, smile and nod. Deep down, you're like, who in the world are you to correct me? Oh, now I'm talking to some of you. What's it look like? Man, it tells us so much. But think of Daniel. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What are their faces looking like as they're getting ready to get thrown into a fiery furnace? I mean, they had just told the king previously, like, even if we die, we're not bound to you. That's fearless. That's a perspective. You know what that is for us today? Because we're not being threatened to be thrown into some fiery furnace. It may feel like it sometimes. But what's your perspective when you have to walk through something that you can't get around? What's it like? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Do you have peace that surpasses understanding? Do you have a mentality just like those men who just said, hey, do what you want. God's still with us. Everything's going to be good. Like there comes a moment where you just got to be fearless to the Lord. Proverbs 4.18, as Nate comes, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter to the full light of day. See, Daniel didn't spend his time worrying about everything that was going on. He wasn't worrying about being held captive he was focused on what God was asking him to do. Nothing was getting in the way of that. In situations where God spoke clearly, he did what God said. But notice, in situations that were not as clear, he did what seemed best. Daniel was great at that. I think chapter 6, with the prospect of being thrown into the lion's den, Daniel got this. Daniel 6, 5. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of God. So these men, they go to the king. His name was Darius. And they talked him into making a decree that prayer to anyone but the king would be a violation punishable by being thrown into the den of lions. So what does Daniel do? Verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, a lot of power right there, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. Not just once. Three times. Like he always had. And he prayed. And he gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since the early days. You talk about fearless. Listen, he wasn't trying to make a point. He wasn't trying to pick a fight. He was just doing what he always did, which really comes down to just honoring God and God being number one. Here's my point. Like Daniel, I think we have to be on the offense more than we are on defense. You know what I mean by that? A lot of us are just reacting to life instead of acting 
to life. We're sitting around, we're not pursuing, we're letting life come to us, and then we're reacting to what happens. Instead of being prayed up, full of the Spirit, in God's Word, in community, serving in the local church, being a part of something bigger than ourselves, believing God to do something great. That's living on the offense. Can I just give you a side note today? I don't know why I ask questions. You're probably not going to say no. I mean, if you do, I don't know what I'd do with that. Might have a little fun with it, but I was telling our, our team this morning, you want to know what makes a Sunday experience really powerful? This side over here, <laughs> stretch your hands. Those of you online, don't worry about it. You're doing great. That was so good, by the way. You guys know you can't do that. You get my attention gone, it's over. I wasn't talking about again. Okay. You want to know what makes this really good? Don't say no. This is what, here's what makes this really good. Is that when you've actually put some expectation to what God can do when you come here. You want to know what makes church powerful? Because the Bible says his presence dwells in his tabernacle, his temple. Our terms today, his church. So what happens is if you want to get the most out of this time that we have together, you're not thinking about it only when you just walk through the doors. You've been thinking about it long before you got here. Matter of fact, it actually could have started on Saturday when you made sure the car had gas so you didn't have to stop on the way couldn't find that pump because everyone's doing stuff on the weekend. Now you're agitated. It happens best when you, you put your clothes out the day before. You ain't got to think about it, especially if you have kids. Woo! Game changer. Works really good when you, you get some breakfast before you come. It actually works really good when you show up before. Before the worship team starts playing. So right when they start playing, you're ready to worship. Pastor, don't be talking. I'm talking to you right now. Because you're hustling to get in here. And oh my gosh, I'm running behind. And by the time you settle down, we're two songs in. You're behind. But when you come and you get ready the day before and all of a sudden you come here saying, hey God, I don't know what you're going to do today. But God, when I get there, I'm getting in my spot. I'm ready to worship. I got my Bible. It's on my phone. It's actually a thing that I hold in my hands. It has paper and everything. And God, I've got notes. And Lord, man, I'm, I'm going to grow today. I'm going to learn something today. God, it might just be one thing, but you might say one thing that I needed to hear. Even in the midst of three points and wacky stories and crazy audience participation and, and all the stuff going on. And you actually hear from God here. And you leave here with a word in your heart. How did that all start? You came here expecting God to do something. Yeah. Now let's just be real. Instead of stumbling in here like, dear God, thank you, Lord, I made it. So much better. I don't know how I got on that, why I got on that, but I'm glad I got on that. Stand to your feet as we close. I'll give you point number three, but you'll remember it. That's right, stay on the offense. Expect God to do something great. 2 Timothy 1. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother. This is obviously speaking of Timothy. This is Grandma Louise. 
and your mother Eunice, Eis, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. No fear. That's why this world can keep getting crazy. And I don't know if you're watching the news, peek in every once in a while. It's going to get crazy again. But we're not going to fear. I said we're not going to fear. Okay, good. So when it gets crazy, you said it. You all said a church word. It was called amen. That means so be it. In other words, you're right, Pastor. I'm not going to get afraid. We're going to be fearless. Which gives us to point number three. Faithfulness. So fitting that he's playing that song. So Daniel has wisdom, perspective. But this last one, faithful. How many times through the story of Daniel did you see how faithful he was to God and his word and his ways? Faithful. Have you ever seen a a faithful person in your life? It's a hard question nowadays. Not just in marriage. That's only one. But in God. Have you seen someone who just has served God for decades upon decades upon decades that you just go, man, what do they always have? Most of the times, if not, point number one, perspective. For us that are a little bit younger, when we're going through a difficult time, if we sit around these that have lived some life and we tell them of all the things we're experiencing, going through troubles, it's funny how sometimes they just have a smile on your face, on their face. Have you noticed that? Like you're freaking out, but they're not. And you're like, I'm telling you my life is falling apart. And you're sitting there with a smile on your face. And more times than not, it happens every single time. They'll say something like, hey, you know what? This too shall pass. Hey, you know what? This won't last. God's faithful. God's good. They'll sometimes share a story of a time in their life where things seem to fall apart, but God remained true and faithful. For those of us that are younger, these are heroes in the faith. These are those that they know what we're going through. I think if we were to sit around the table with Daniel today, he'd say, that ain't nothing. Yeah, it may hurt. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. But in the big scheme of life, it's a drop in the bucket. So maybe you're here today and you've just got some things weighing on you, weighing you down. Big decisions, relationships, finances, children, the United States. See what I'm saying? We want God's wisdom. We want God's perspective. Everything will be all right. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes?